You're listening to Rosie on the House. As we head on around back, it is our outdoor living hour, 8 o'clock, third Saturday of the month. We have Jay Harper with the Farm's Choice in studio with us on, uh, I think it's going to be a pretty clear sky, Jay. We had Dr. Sky in last hour, and you know, I was... Yeah, you know, it's hard to do gardening after that. My head hurts. <laughs> well, what I was going to ask you is... I'm glad gardening's not that complicated. <laughs> what, what What's above a million is is a billion. Yeah. And above a billion is a trillion. trillion. Right. What go, What comes next? Don't know. I've looked it up Gazillion. before, but I never remember. <laughs> if our national <laughs> debt keeps going the way it's going, we'll all... That's what I thought he was talking well, about. Yeah, right, right. It's the, only, it's the only time you talk numbers that big. Yeah, you know, billion here, billion there, pretty soon you got real money, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Easy to spend when it's not yours. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so... <laughs> the question that I've been waiting all week to ask, because we had an incredible full moon this month, and we've been doing some planting, and the Farmer's Almanac has a lot of planting by moon phases. Yep. Have you ever experimented with that? We we had a, a general manager that that's the only way he would, even even on our greenhouse crops, if we were sowing seeds or doing transplants, it was, he you know, he went by that solely. Uh, successful so whether that was just coincidence because it was a good time of year to do it anyway i don't know but i i personally have never really paid that much attention to it but um and i haven't either because i have found that my schedule for planting is not very convenient i kind of have to do it when i got time to do (laughs) it you know that uh, yeah so you know it just you know it is what it is so if I'm going to do it, it's you know I've got it planned, and that you know the I, the moon phase be what it may. I don't think I could call into work and say sorry, I can't come in today because the moon phase, and I have to plant my winter vegetables. That would be an excuse that most HR people would have never heard. <laughs> Grandpa died again. My cousin's in the hospital. You know, the dog ate my homework stuff, but the moon phase thing, I'd, yeah, I'll try that I see, on see, you sometime. could double it up with fishing. We're not, you know, Lake Pleasant's less than an hour away from us, and I know a lot of people fish by moon phases. You know what? The moon's at the right place in the sky. I got to plant and fish today. Can't yeah, come into work. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll have to give that a whirl. <laughs> the, <laughs> my, my office space might be cleared out for me the next day when I came in. <laughs> yeah, all the guys that own businesses are just now going, oh, no, you just gave them another reason to not come to work. <laughs> oh, and there's so many in Arizona. It's such a beautiful state and a beautiful time of the year. And, you know, it's it's – there's still plenty. It's a little late, but there's still plenty that we can plant in our gardens if we haven't even got it started yet. Well, you can you can uh, you know, keep the th- the nice thing about our, our winter vegetable season is that you can just keep rotating or replanting. That you know, so if you you've kind of used up all your spinach or chard or lettuce, you just plant another row of it. You know, you've got plenty of time to get a couple more uh, crops of that stuff in. So. My yeah. most successful garden to date was planted between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah? Yeah. There you go. I mean, it's going to be 70 degrees today. <laughs> so, um, 
maybe you know, you can, maybe that's why I spent more time just out enjoying the, the weather and, and more time on the garden than any other time. That might have been it. Well, there's no doubt it's a lot more fun to garden this time of year <laughs> than it is when it's 110. And in fact, I, you know, it just almost discouraged people from worrying about much in their garden in the summertime. You know, it's, there's not that many things that really are going to do well. You know, if you're consuming a lot of water just to, you know, struggle through it, maybe it's just give it a break and uh, hit it in the fall again. So, you know, once you've planted, once you've picked that last tomato or zucchini, uh, you know, about the middle of July, you know, hang it up, go on vacation. <laughs> That's where all your canning comes into place. If you have a proper yeah. harvest, yeah. you know, your canned goods will yep. last you through until your next planting season. Right, right. Yeah, you can't do everything year-round. I mean, the people up north are under a foot of snow. They don't try and, you know, find ways to grow stuff. They've canned it or put it away, or they just have to rely on what the, what's available in the market. You know, and luckily these days there are there are a lot more good options with greenhouse grown stuff and things you can buy that are vine ripened <clears throat> that uh, that weren't available before. So <clears throat> it's a it, it's it's a great opportunity to to uh, be able to to use uh, uh, fresh vegetables just year round. You know, whether they're in season in your area or not. If you'd like to join the conversation or ask a question about your landscape or garden, one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you. Text can be sent to four one one nine two three, or you can snap a picture and email it to info at rosieonthehouse dot com. If you'd like a little help with some plant or insect identification, I'm I'm uh, nurse. If you don't mind me interrupting your outdoor living hour, most of you know I'm not known for my gardening. My gardening tools really constitute a flamethrower and a chainsaw. <laughs> but um, convalescing and recovering from uh, the crash, I had lots of time to get really, really bored. So to eat that up. Are you saying gardening's boring? No. Oh. I'm not. <laughs> I went outside and I just churned up the soil. I got the, the Harper's soil uh admixture formula dumped it in there and i planted a garden it was just a matter of never having enough time yeah i need recipes i finally found something rosie romero can grow john jay i've got the most unbelievable crop of arugula you could ever imagine well there you go and i've only got one recipe (laughs) (laughs) i need rosie's in desperate need of arugula recipes Something tells or, me you're about to be inundated. Oh, man, I need them bad. I, or just find everyone in the neighborhood that has a turtle and, and start selling it. I, I just go out in the backyard, look at my garden, and I giggle. That's the first time it's been green. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I think just a bed of arugula with a with little salad dressing or lemon on it, and there you go. It's pretty not too bad. Okay. Or you could take some eggs, hard-boiled eggs, and... Uh, Cut them up and put them on top of that. Okay. Well, boy, I got lots of it. All right. I've never tried uh, wilting it, wilting arugula like spinach, and uh, you might try that. It's got a little spicy, you know, flavor to it. Yeah. A little sausage with, uh, we'll come up with some stuff. Sausage and mushrooms and wilted arugula in a skillet. How's that? Yeah. I, I planted it for one reason. The best 
Cornish game hen or quail I've ever eaten were dusted in a pecan flour, deep fried, laid on top of a bed of arugula with a molasses gravy syrup. Mm. I tell you, you, you slap your mama for That's a second helping. <laughs> that sounds pretty darn good. Oh, All right. Let's give that a whirl. Then we've got, this is the last broadcast before Christmas. Uh, plants are a big part of our Absolutely. holiday season. Obviously Christmas trees, but you know if you're new to Arizona, maybe you've never seen a Christmas cactus. All the nurseries uh, are supplying them, and then you have poinsettias are very popular. And I don't know, how did something so tropical become so tied into the well, winter I think it's just holiday? The, it's just the color. You know, it's red. The foliage turns bright red, so... You know, it's a good Christmas color and not being a lot of, in a lot of parts of the country, color right now is, is white or gray, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so if you've got a good, a really brightly foliaged red leafed plant that will brighten up your, your decor, it, it's, uh, of course, you know, very striking. Uh, over the years, they've developed lots of other colors of poinsettias. Uh, from white to pink to multicolored, and so that you know, you, there's I, all kinds of options there too. But I did that one year. It's just not the same as going with the red. <laughs> well, red certainly is still always the most popular by a long shot. But uh, yeah, mixed in. If you've got a big display of them, they're kind of neat. Um, but uh, something they were doing, I, I don't, I haven't seen it lately much. Is they were actually uh, airbrushing or painting some of the other colored. Uh, poinsettias with you know some glitter and different things in them. I, I wasn't a huge fan of that, but you know whatever it takes to make uh, you know the decor work the way you want it to work, you can. Uh, in a Christmas cactus, we you know we we had customers uh, that had Christmas cactus that were several generations old that had been handed down from generation to generation. So they're they're kind of neat from that standpoint. Is you can you could have a Christmas cactus that's you know. 40, 50, 60 years old. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You could. Now, none have ever survived that long in my house, but you could. Well, that's the first generation's <laughs> got to make it work. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to the uh, phones. Uh, calls are lining up at one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE for you. Taylor and Phoenix is going to start us off. Good morning. Welcome to the program. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you guys today? Doing well. Very good. I have a simple question. My wife and I are re-landscaping our backyard, and we've had uh, quite a bit of tractor work come in, and essentially we have a clean slate of dirt in the backyard. Um, we did not have any grass removed. There was just uh, regular weeds from this time of year, and I'm curious. I really don't want to waste too much time or money regarding weed retention as far as fabric or plastic, but I wanted your opinion. Is it worth the time or money to put those things down? Uh, we are putting in rock in the backyard, and I just wanted to know the best direction as far as the future-wise regarding weed, weed prevention or retention? In, in my opinion, no, it's not. Um, simply from the fact that you can put the, the fabrics down and then put the rock on top, and over the course of time, there'll be enough dust and dirt here in Arizona collect in that rock on top of that fabric that you will, you will have weeds growing on top of that fabric Anyway, so you're still going to have to use pre-emergent herbicides or just be resigned to pulling weeds and getting rid of weeds. It's very hard to use a weed eater or a mechanical device to get rid of weeds if you've got weed fabric 
under that rock. You know, we're talking about excuses not to go to work and growing a garden and all that. It reminded me of a scene from MASH where, uh, you know, Colonel Klinger's always trying to get out of the Army, so he's always coming up with all these excuses. So he goes to Colonel Blake, and he reads a letter that his father had died, and this is how Blake uh, responded. Uh-huh. Here we go. The father dying, right? Yes, sir. Father dying last year. Mother dying last year. Mother and father dying. Mother, father, and older sister dying. Mother dying and older sister pregnant. Older sister dying and mother pregnant. Older sister dying and mother pregnant. Younger sister pregnant and older sister dying. Here's an oldie but a goodie. Half of the family dying, other half pregnant. <laughs> so there are your excuses, folks. Yeah, Starting yeah. to notice a pattern here. I hope Romy's not pregnant. <laughs> Let's get to surprise and bring Mary into the conversation and see how we can help her. At 1-888-767-4348. That's 1-888-ROSIE for you. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. Um, we were interested in planting a Hollywood hedge with ficus metidia, and we were looking for quicker results and maybe starting with a six to an eight foot uh, bush. How far apart do we need to plant those? What's a Hollywood hedge? Well, just a hedge that like will block out a wall. Oh, so privacy. Okay, privacy type hedge. Yes, for privacy. For, for privacy sake. Okay. Well, you know, ficus and itita get huge. I mean, you could plant them probably 10 or 15 feet apart, and they would they would cover. But, you know, if you're wanting this to be something that achieves your privacy issues much more quick, I would say four to six feet would, would be okay. probably acceptable. And uh, just realize okay. that you're going to do, you know, depending on the size you want to maintain it at, that you're going to have to do a lot of mm-hmm. pruning. I, if I could make another suggestion, I would suggest something like sour orange or ornamental orange as opposed to ficus natita. It's a more upright grower. It doesn't get near as huge. It grows reasonably fast, uh, and it's just a better, better plant to be used as a hedging material or a screen than ficus natita, which is actually a, huge, a big tree, a very large tree. And as we've seen, it's got a couple different, uh, what do you say, uh, downsides? Well, you know, if we have a cold winter again, and people have already forgotten, haven't they? (laughs) (laughs) And then there's that new bugs, ficus. Oh, they had a white fly deal. I I haven't heard much about that. I don't know. It's been a while. I don't know that it's that, that, that I would let that influence my, I would, I would say the size issue and the the potential that you could have, you know, a lot of damage due to cold weather, um, 
you know, we go a lot of years in between, but then when, when it does and you, and you're depending on that for privacy and now that's gone and it takes a number of years for that to, to recuperate, you know, it's something to definitely keep in mind. And you said a, a sour orange? Sour orange. Mm-hmm. Just old, just old sour orange where you, you know, they very popular back here in the fifties and sixties kind of lost its, you know, when we, when ficus kind of made the appearance, I think it, it took over and, uh, but, uh, it's a very good screening material. Very, very, you know, just by the way it grows anyway, uh, leads it to be a better choice than something like ficus. We appreciate the call. Thanks for, uh, tuning in to Rosie on the house and joining the conversation. Good luck with the privacy hedge. We had a call here, our text, excuse me, from uh, 520 area code, <clears throat> this homeowner was given a three-gallon live southern oak and planted it yesterday. But looking at it, is afraid may have planted it too deep and wants to know, do I just leave it alone or should I get down there and, and lift it up a little bit higher? Well, if you think it's too deep, now is certainly the time to, to replant it. It's only been in the ground a day or two. Uh, you're not going to do any damage to it, and it's going to be a lot easier to, to get it propped up a little bit. So absolutely, go for it. Most trees are <clears throat> planted too deep as opposed to too high. And Ab- absolutely, and, and really, you'd rather have it, if, if, if you had to pick, it's better off being a little high than too low, for sure. Hey, we had some rain, and we have roses. How do we put the two together, Mr. Harper? Do you know who this is singing this? Give me a second. Linda. Uh, Linda. It's close, Rodstead. No? That's Hang not on. my girlfriend. Hang on. Hang on. It's not Linda. It's Lynn. 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 She actually has a rose named after her, this lady. Uh, how, all right. For the sake of the listening You'll experience. You'll never get it. You'll never get it. <laughs> hey, Lynn I, Anderson. Yes. Man, I listen to the old country music. Uh, that's an oldie, too. You can tell I'm a little off, you know, with kids. That kind of changes. I, I never used to listen to anything that was newer than George Strait's first album. And uh, Well, this would be older than that. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I, and, and I mean, back to, I mean, that was as new as I would go. Oh, uh, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, oh, Conway Twitty. Uh Old, that's old that's Waylon Jennings back from the 50s. Lynn Anderson, Tammy Wynette. There yeah. you go. Yep. Rose Gardens. But it's more like Dirk Bentley now with the kids. and yeah, I, I, I don't even... Pratt? John Pratt? John Who? I don't even know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> John Pratt? <laughs> At Sanderson Our Board, prior? he's got a hit record? <laughs> no. So anyway. John Prine's an old guy. Now you're going back to the old. John Prine, yeah. yeah it's an oldie. So he was just here not too long ago. There's there's some new John guy out of California that they all like. So anyway, <laughs> you got me on that one. Rose Garden. Probably nice. some handsome dude that needs to shave. <laughs> right. You know, they all... <laughs> um, yeah. So coming up, I mean, this is the time to be planting roses in your garden, trimming roses, pruning roses, planting roses, taking care of roses. And uh, the uh, Mesa East Valley Rose Society has a... A rose auction is a fundraiser for their club every year. This year it's the 2nd of February, so in a couple of weeks, 
on a Saturday, and it's at Mesa Community College. So they have all those roses in the rose garden out there, and uh, they have their auction there. It's at the uh, the student center. If you if you pull into Mesa Community College off of Southern, and you kind of the first thing you see is a big clock tower. That's that's where the room is. It just look for that clock tower. Doors open at noon. The auction starts at 1 p.m. They have over 100 roses. And I know Tyler Francis um, from Francis Roses, which is right out here in the West Valley. They grow a ton of roses for the market. They've donated a bunch of roses, a bunch of new ones, and they've got some goodies. Oldies, talk about old music. they got some oldies but goodies like Double Delight and uh, some different varieties that are just tried and true there. Uh, it, it's a fun thing to do. There's lots of... Uh, There'll be lots of experts there, what we call consulting rosarians, people that have, in a nutshell, been doing this a long time. If you've got questions about roses, you can get those answered. Uh, I'm going to be there, you know, for from maybe 11 to 1 or 2 uh, with some of our Hickman's Farms Choice Fertilizer products. If you've got any questions about those, want to get a sample of some of those, uh, come by. But uh, And anybody that comes to the auction and mentions Rosie on the house will get $10 off their purchase at checkout. Mm, very nice. So they've offered that as an incentive to, to come on out. Mesa Community College, couple weeks, February 2nd. Uh, doors open at noon, auctions at 1. I guess it goes till they're done, till they're gone. <laughs> till so, they're gone. Yeah. And if you have existing roses, now's a critical time for pruning i believe the next two or three weeks yeah but by the middle of february you probably want to be completed um but you got to you got to prune roses back they bloom on new growth so we want to get rid of old stuff we want to get rid of maybe they've gotten too choked up they're too thick they've got some old canes we want to keep some new canes regenerating so if you're not sure how to do that a lot of our local nurseries have rose pruning clinics they'll have these consulting rosarians from the various rose organizations come out and, and conduct a clinic. You could also take a picture now with modern technology. Take your iPhone, take a picture of your roses, take them to this event, go find one of these consulting rosarians, and they could very easily point out, yeah, I'd take that cane out, that cane out, I'd leave that one, I'd cut it back this far. <clears throat> um, and, and there's nothing uh, short of just really diving in and doing it to to kind of help you with it. But people get a little... Um, uh, they get a little afraid to start pruning, and you really aren't going to screw them up if you uh, if you prune them pretty hard. But uh. and my grandmother, Baby K, has kept roses for years on the north side of their house. And when you say you can't screw up, I mean chop off to the ground. Summertime, come back, we get together for the Fourth of July, have this beautiful huge shrub. Yeah. Yeah, people will gasp sometimes when I tell you, no, cut it, yeah, keep yep, keep going, no, 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 more, more, more. Yeah, so, yep, they, they grow fast, and you get all that new growth, which means you get all these new terminal buds and ends and flowers, and uh, and it controls the size, because if you don't do it, you're going to end up with this 10-foot monster full of thorns that's not going to be a lot of fun to prune next year. So, um uh, I'm sure they'll have all kinds of goodies there besides roses. They usually have fertilizers and gloves and pruners and uh, and all kinds of cool stuff. So, And we've posted that <clears throat> at rosieonthehouse.com in our events. It, it, it took me a second to find it because you got to read the whole thing. Just look for Rose Auction. I should put 
the abbreviation. It's right. the Mesa East Valley Rose Society at the end. So you see Rose Auction first, but we've got all the details there <clears throat> along with the website location. That's February 2nd. Uh, that's a Saturday. I'm, uh, our broadcast is over at 11. This starts at noon. I may have to go grab You could be it there. You could get to, there. Let's add roses to our landscape. Let's go to the phones now. We've got a few callers that are in line to talk to Jay at one 767 4348 That's one 888 rosie for you And, George, you were actually uh, called. Uh, you must have been stealing my mind. I was going to br- go right to Citrus next, and you're, you beat me to it. Well, good morning. Uh, how are you guys doing today? Fantastic. I, I want to say uh, God bless our, our buddy Rosie, and uh, may he continue to heal pr- properly. But uh, I wanted to ask you a question. I'm thinking about planting a navel orange tree. Okay. And I've seen one advertised, and it was a Washington navel orange tree. And my question is, do Washington navel trees grow in Arizona? Washington navel is the kind of old, original navel variety um, that was planted in California, you know, in the 1940s, 30s, 40s, uh, and continues to be planted. It's it's the commercial navel orange. Um, it's, a, it's a very fine uh, navel. The, the, the only issue we have with navels here in general is if you only have one citrus tree in your yard and you have gravel, desert-type landscaping, they are they they prefer California weather. They prefer cooler summers, a little more humidity, and they sometimes will have an issue setting fruit and the fruit staying on when we get those really hot, drying winds in May, um, which can knock a lot of fruit. So they, they have been kind of notorious as inconsistent or uh, light producers, or sometimes the fruit doesn't have as much uh, uh, moisture content. However, if you've got multiple citrus trees and you can kind of nestle it in the middle of the row or maybe uh, in the, you know, on a side yard where it's a little gets a little more protected from hot, dry, late spring, early summer winds, they they do very well here. People with flood irrigation, with grass yards, those types of situations, you're going to be fine. I just caution people if you if you've got room for one citrus tree. I don't think a Washington navel would be my choice. We appreciate the question, George, and the call. Uh, good luck with those citrus. I, I you can't go wrong with any type of orange, so. <laughs> no, not really. You know, and there's another one. Uh, if you want something very similar, but it's very reliable, it does have a few seeds in it. Doesn't quite peel as easy as a navel, but I like Trovitas mm-hmm. very well. Um, good quality fruit. Good heavy producer. Nice size fruit, but uh, I'm not really trying to talk him out of planting a, a Washington navel, but just make sure it's maybe situated in the right location. So, let's go to Doug who wants to talk about his mulberry tree. Oh, you know what? I got to do that one. Uh, come on. Don, welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing? Very good. Thank you. I have a simple question. I have an ancient mulberry tree, and I noticed that I had some boring critters that were making the tree bleed last year, and I, I put the chemicals in to try to kill them. Mm-hmm. But I noticed last week that the bark was starting to peel off in, uh, mm-hmm. on one side, and I've got about a four-foot-long swatch of bark <clears throat> missing. 
Okay. And I don't know if that tree is on its last leg because the thing has got to be 30 years old. <clears throat> well, typically what's happened with mulberries over the years is people overprune them, um, <clears throat> expose the, the trunks or the major limbs to too much sun. We get sunburn, and then we get borers, and then we get sooty canker or other infections that take place under that loosening or peeling off bark, and it just kind of spirals into this <clears throat> decline and, and death. So if, if you've gotten ahead of it and you've just got one spot, um, number one, I, w- I would be very careful as to how much I pruned the mulberry. Uh, number two, I'd get some of the Go Natural, the, the natural colored tree paint, and I'd get that peeled off spot and maybe even the whole trunk up to the first main branches painted so that you don't get any more uh, sunburn. Uh, as far as the boring insects, if they're in the main trunk of the tree, about the only thing you can do would be to try and treat them chemically. Um, keep the tree well fertilized, uh, regularly fertilized and watered, and, and, and hopefully it will, it will go a good long time yet. But over pruning, uh, people just – they just – Pollard those trees. They cut them way back. Uh, for some reason, in the '60s and '70s, that was the accepted way to do it. It's probably shortened the life of most mulberries. And of course, you can't plant a male mulberry in Maricopa County anymore, anyway. So you don't see very many of them around. And that's not the only county with restrictions on mulberry. Pima County was actually the first to do that. This we're going way back. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't think there's any cities left in Maricopa County. It's not a county thing. It's actually, it actually was a city thing. But, uh, yeah, you got to go outside the uh, outside the county to find one if you – I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. There are places that still sell them. And they are hardy trees. Uh, you mentioned that cutting style. I'd, I'd never liked that anyway. Why would you – I think people did it to control the size of the trees. You mentioned they grow fast and they get big, so they just – you know, in the winter time when they started losing their leaves, or sometimes even before, unfortunately, people just cut them back to the main scaffold limbs and lopped them off, and you just ended up with this really pretty round-headed kind of a tree. Um, but uh, what happened is we we exposed so much of the trunk so early in the season that they they still then they sunburned badly, and once that once you start losing that protective tissue uh, off of those trees a lot of bad things happen and then the secondary and the sooty canker gets in there and you got all kinds of issues All right, real quick question before we get to our calls. We've got Tom and Miranda wants to talk about roses. Bob in Tucson is mesquite tree, and uh, Bonita in Chandler wants to talk about planter. Uh, we have Robin Phoenix, Bougainvillea, Texas Yellowbell, both hit from the frost. Well, let's just talk about frost pruning in general. Um, don't prune yet. <laughs> but bottom line is I don't think we had, unless you had very, very new plants, that we had cold enough, long enough weather to really do any severe damage to anything. A lot of what you're seeing is superficial. It's just the foliage that got burned. 
You may get a few small branches, but the best thing to do is to wait till the plant starts to put on new growth. That'll do two things. It'll tell you, okay, the plant thinks it's, it's warm enough in time. The other thing is it'll tell you how much you really need to prune back. Um, so uh, at least the middle of February, so at least probably another month before you should do any pruning on frost damage plant material. The, the stuff that's there now will help insulate and protect if we get more freezing, which we got another 30 days to go before that is, a, is out of the question. Um, depending on when you're, where you live, longer than that even. So hands off. Just don't do anything. Um, if it really bugs you, you know, just use a blower and blow some of the leaves around and blow them off and rake up and clean up. But leave all the, all the dead tissue on there. Do not prune. Step away. Back away from the pruners. <clears throat> Go plant some new plants. Plant some rose bushes. <laughs> do something else. Plant something new or get a paintbrush and tackle a project around your house. Yeah, there you go. Yep. <laughs> There's a lot of those. Let's get to our calls. Uh, Tom and Miranda wants to talk about roses. Welcome to the program, Tom. Good morning, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. Um, you mentioned earlier that if you don't prune, you're going to end up with a 10-foot monster rose bush, which is exactly what I want to do. Okay. But it does need some pruning. So where do I start there? Well, tell me what you're trying to, why you want it that big and what you're trying to do. Um, it's, there are two climbing roses and they're growing up a west wall on a trellis. So you're talking about climbers, not rose bushes, which is a whole nother, whole nother animal. Um, and we do not prune climbers the same way as we do shrubs. So I'm glad you brought that up because I wouldn't want somebody trimming, trimming their climber way down and having to start all over. So with climbers, you you can do a lot with just kind of shaping it the way you want it to grow. If it's trying to fill a form out or over an arbor or, you know, spread out on a trellis, um, you could just kind of go in and, you know, and tip them back a little bit and kind of shape them and clean them up a little bit and leave the main frame structure about the size that you want it to be. And that is a pretty look when you can get it on a trellis, especially if you've got a west or south-facing side. Use it to shade your home, give you a little uh, sun barrier in the summertime to cut down that heat, give you a nice warm sun in the winter when right. we prune it back like that. Yep. And, and uh, yeah, so you, uh, good call. Don't want to prune climbing roses anywhere like the same way we do regular rose bushes. Bob, uh, a little farther south in Tucson, wants to talk about a mesquite tree. Welcome to the program, Bob. Thank you. Um, yeah, I've heard various opinions on this, but uh, I have about at least a dozen mesquite trees on my property, and uh, some of them, uh, not all of them, but some of them leave dead growth in the in the under under the active part of the canopy. And I was just curious whether it, it should be just left there or whether that should be pruned away. Well, there's probably no reason to leave it necessarily, and if it bothers you cosmetically, I would probably clean it out as needed. Um, I, I don't know that there's really a right or wrong on that, other than that it would, if it was in my landscape, I wouldn't want a lot of dead, twiggy-looking stuff in my trees. I would probably, as needed, just kind of clean them out. I, I'd be careful over-pruning mesquites, be careful pruning them up too high up off the ground. Um, you know, mesquites and Palo Verdes are really just kind of big bushes. They want to be 
low to the ground, big bushy things, and and we start trying to make them into a standard looking tree with a single trunk with six or eight foot of head clearance underneath them, and you know they get top heavy and weird things happen. So leave them as natural as you can, but trimming out any dead growth shouldn't be detrimental to the tree at all, and it, it would improve the looks. Let's see if we can squeeze Bonita into the as our final caller this Saturday morning. Welcome to the program. How may we help you? Okay, so I have a oak tree in my front yard, and of course, around the roots, around the trunk, it's a little bit bare. So I was going to plant a or build a planter box around it, because you know I can do anything. Because uh, I saw it on YouTube, but I, I saw <laughs> an article. I saw an article that you should not plant planter or place planter boxes around trees because it can hurt the roots. So I figured I would call and get your expert advice. Yeah, you, you really got to be careful putting any new soil level or raising the soil level up on the trunk of an existing plant or tree. Just like when we plant a tree, we don't want to plant it any deeper uh, than it has been grown in the container that it's in. So yeah, no, it's a bad idea. Sorry. Um, one thing you can do is you could kind of make a double planter. So you could go out a couple feet away from the trunk and put a you know, how are we going to make it out of brick or block or whatever, and then go out from that so that there's a, you know, there's a space uh, around the trunk of the tree that's not getting touched uh, by soil. And that's one way to do it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, sorry, shouldn't do that. <laughs> well, now you know. That's right. Good thing she asked first. <clears throat> and if you're starting a new one, you could put some farm's choice in there for your bed. Great compost. You can put it in with new plantings, prepping new beds, new rose bushes that are being planted. Farm's Choice Fertilizer is awesome for that.